Ah, morena, morena. Thank you for that prayer, Fano. Um, you know, it's not a not an easy thing to stand up here and to be vulnerable. Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> but I wanted to talk to you today, woman. God said, she shall be called woman. Once again, everybody, she shall be called woman. Man, come from woman. <laughs> yes, Lord, more of your authority. <laughs> So I want to come to you today to talk to you about the first woman of the Bible, the mother of all, and Eve. So in Genesis 2.18, the Lord says, it is not good that man should be alone. He highlighted a problem to me. Man was the first problem. <laughs> Any Bible scholars in the room? <laughs> Thou shalt not test the Lord's word. <laughs> so I want to come to you from verse, um, verse 20, actually, in Genesis 2. You're funny, Lord. Okay. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. We know that it was not good for Adam to be alone. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable or compatible for him. In the message version, it says suitable for him. And so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. You all know where I'm going with this woman. <laughs> And he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh in its place. Only the Lord can open and close things, right? Then, then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. They are both, they were both naked and the man and his wife were not ashamed. Wow, what a beautiful picture. That man was the first problem. God had created everything, said it was good. Yeah, even the, the heavens and the earth, it was good. The birds of the air, the crawling beasts of the field, it was good. But there was, not, there was one thing that was not good that God created. It was man. I'm not having a dig at men. Later on, I might. But it was not good for man to be alone. Yeah, that's right. Then the Lord highlighted the fact of this woman named Eve. 
He called her Eve. Her original Hebrew name is Ezra. What a powerful name, Ezra. Ezra Konegdo. The Hebrew meaning of Ezra Konegdo is a helper suitable for man and compatible to him to aid him, to help him. Hebrew, in the Hebrew word, it also means warrior. Woman, Ezra, warrior. I feel ka'aroha for you men. <laughs> you know how privileged and honored we are as women. I'm not a feminist either. Guys, if you're thinking that thought, I'm not a feminist. For women to be suitable for men. And it blows my mind every time I think of that word, Ezra, and how God knew there was a man suitable, or a woman suitable for every man in the entire earth. So if you're waiting for your Ezra, men, there's a woman suitable for you that God has created. (coughs) Yep. I'm reading all my notes here. <laughs> so we, saw, we helped solve the first problem, woman. That's one. And we were a suitable helper for our husbands, for our partners, in the hope that they become our husbands. <clears throat> you know, in, in this room, in this very room, we're all from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different cultures, different backgrounds. Different upbringings. We are all different, but we are all uniquely made in the image of God. Man and woman, we are uniquely made in the image of God. Konegdo, that word konegdo means to come alongside, to aid him, to help him. And when I think of the Psalms, in Psalms 121, I look to the mountains. Where does my help come from? You know, in the Old Testament alone, that word Ezra is mentioned 21 times. I don't know if you're, you know, into numerology or the numerical number of God, because I know that God speaks through numbers as well. And whenever he wants to stamp something on a certain thing, he'll stamp a number on it. You know, that's... For all of, you, all of you that have gone to Bible college, you know, you do your exegesis, your oxygesis, whatever else, <laughs> all those terminologies, but there's also the hermeneutical number of God. And when God wants to speak to you holistically about something in your life, he will stamp a number on it. So God's into this whole numbers things. You know, he can talk to you your whole lifetime about numbers just numbers. I know that the number one represents unity. I know that the number two is the faithful servant because you go out in twos, right? One's the waterer, one's the planter. I heard that conversation yesterday. The number three, you know, I can go on and on about the number three. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three days Jesus was in the where? Tomb. And on the third day he rose again. The Lord gave orders through the number three. He told the children of Israel to stay at the Jordan before they crossed. How many days? 
three days. Jonah. Oh, Jonah. I'm a Jonah. <laughs> he tells Jonah, hey, go back to that city. Go back to your hometown in Altara. Go and tell them everything that I'm telling you to do. No, nah, I don't want to. They'll stone me down there. They'll remind me of my grandparents who were quite the straight shooter. We were just talking about that earlier. They were straight shooters. If you played a, a really bad game of rugby league, they'd call you useless. Oh, they played useless today. You know, my grandfather's on the sideline. My grandmother's marching up and down the sideline. Take him off. Take his head off. Like the Romans, stone him. <laughs> and so, yeah, just getting back to this, this, this particular topic about Ezra. Ezra also uh, is used three times in a militant form when Israel was called to come into alliance with some other nation. Three times the Lord used that word Ezra. And David's army, one of his top troops, his name was Ezra. It's amazing what you find. Just in the Old Testament, 21 times. Most of the times it's used in military form. You know, whether you have a plan. Because you're going for a battle. You need a strategy for that battle that you are facing, whether it be with your children, whether it be with your backslidden kid or one that's just wayward and out there and out the gate. Those are our terminologies, out the gate, where they wait. And then I'm reminded of, of another woman that God uses, the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, he could have used anything. He could have used anything or anyone but he chose to use the womb of a woman. Undefiled, virgin. And I, don't, I truly don't believe that we as women are walking in our full potential because of whatever reason we're holding ourselves back. We feel unworthy. Well, I can never, I can never do what you're doing. But I can sit here and criticize everything that you're saying. We don't fully operate in our full potential as women. Well, but you don't understand how I know. I've come from a, an abusive background. You know, we're women, we're considered as second class citizens. But you don't understand, Haraina. I was sexually abused as a child. Well, you don't understand, Haraina. I walked into a, an abortion clinic. I can't be used of God. We choose to believe what we choose to believe. And if we continue to choose to believe the lie of the enemy, over and over and over, the only ones that are defeated are ourselves. 
I'm just going to whoop down here for a sec. <laughs> yep, I'm going for my bag, ladies. I see a few, few bags in here. Uh, one lovely soul that was here this morning, she comes over and she's like, oh, my bag is so heavy. I'm like, why are you carrying it around? <laughs> she's like, perfect. <laughs> so... Uh, we were on the other side of uh, Hamilton yesterday. Um, I think we kind of got lost, eh, babe? We needed a... <laughs> Just like the light that we got here, we were looking for a, um, a petrol station and not knowing we're like 30 seconds down the road from the petrol station. Oh, supermarket, sorry. Are we end- I don't know where we ended up, where we were going to Norton or Chartwell. <laughs> we ended up in Chartwell... Um, looking for a supermarket, only to discover that Google had sent us all around town. I'll blame Google. (laughs) And the supermarket was like one minute down the road. (laughs) So if we're not using the right navigational tools, this is what happens. We end up going around and around in the same circles. Um, So just getting back to that little story. Um... I said to the girls last night as we were um, talking over dinner and kept doing catch-up, I said this month has actually been the most difficult. The most difficult month of my life. But the most rewarding. And I know that I'm talking to a woman in this room today and I don't want to go to the word that the Lord tells me to say to her because she's been playing around for too long. She's been out there in the outer court when the Lord is compelling her to come into the position that he has called her to do. Many are called, but few are chosen. And if you continue to walk down that path or to sit in that darkness, he says three words. Now there's a verse after Jesus wept. There's one after that that is just as, as similar. But he said to say these words to whoever it is that is in this room remember Lot's wife. And then he went on to say, you know, I'm just going to open this up a little bit more, Lord, you know, Hedina, and I'm going to use you to deliver this word. Because he who puts his hand to the plow. And looks back, just like Lot's wife, is not fit for the kingdom of God. And he used my bag as an illustration. And he used my life because I was willing to let him use my life. As crazy as that sounds. And so yesterday uh, we were at this prayer meeting on the other side of town. Met these these beautiful couple for the first time. And only to find out that they had two daughters. I'm not, I'm not putting my husband down. They had two daughters. Uh, they'd always talked to us on Facebook. We've known them for about a year. And um, we finally met them face to face. And she says, oh, I've been wanting to tell you this for a whole year. But that one there that led you over to us, her name is Heraina. 
and the other, our other daughter in Australia, her name is Stacy. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that's just like not possible <laughs> that you have two daughters with the same names as me and my husband. So she rings her husband who is at work, and I said to the daughter, Hadina, I says, oh, has dad got FOMO? Is he trying to, for those that don't know what FOMO is, it means fear of missing out. So you learned something new today. Fear of missing out. And she says, no, no, I think he really wants to get here and and meet you guys because it's it's been so long. So anyway, cut a long story short, this young, I don't know if she's here today. Um, And um, afterwards, after we'd had prayer and stuff and, and spoke about things that God has been doing in our nation and, and with our, our people and women, um, the mother came back and she says, well, my daughter has never, never come into a prayer meeting while we're having prayer and sat there the whole time just listening to what your husband was talking about and what you were talking about. And when you shared your story about your journey coming to Hamilton, you know, when when Porto asked me to come and speak to you guys, I was just like, "Mm, yeah. (laughs) I I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but okay. Not knowing that the Lord already had that prepared. You know, he had me prepared. He had the word of the message that he had to prepare in me. And he wanted me to share about Ezra. Because our people are a warrior people. We're a warrior people. And when I mean my people, I mean the people of God. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and pray and seek my face. The house that we'd gone to was called the house of prayer. My father's house would be called a house of prayer. Our father's house is a house of prayer. It don't belong to man. It don't belong to us. It's our father's house. Say you, pastor, if I'm talking to you, pastor, on on the internet, open your doors. Open your doors so that the king of glory can come in. Our brother spoke it this morning. If we continue to lift up the name of Jesus, he will draw men unto himself. It's not by human effort. It's not by human effort that I'm here today. It's his supernatural power at work in us. So getting back to this bag, all the men are sitting there like, oh, what's she talking about this bag? I know my wife carries around all her goodies in her bag. We know where the money is. <laughs> but there's also some other stuff in these bags, spiritual bags that I'm talking about. One of my biggest uh, spiritual rocks I carried around in my bag was resentment. You know, life hadn't dished out a, a bed of roses for me or silver spoon. We had to fight for everything that we had. 
We had to work hard for everything that we had. Sometimes we had to steal what we needed to get to survive. But one of the biggest rocks in my bag was resentment. Resentment towards who, you're asking? Resentment towards my husband. Yeah, I'd look at him. Oh, see that glimmer? Oh, I love you. And then the next minute, it's like having two faces. I'll turn around, I was like, oh, I really want to smash your face, you know? <laughs> Any woman in here feel like that? You know, they get on your nerves. Oh, where's this? Where's that? But we're called asses. We're God's helpmate, eh? We're our man's helper. Helper. I get like that all the time because it's so annoying. <laughs> Where did I leave my helmet? Or oh, where's my gloves for my motorbike? My, 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 my. <laughs> but that's how I felt. That's how I truly felt. I was hurt. No one hurt me more than my husband. He was a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde too. Just being honest. And the other, the other rock in my bag was rejection. I suffered rejection. Even as a child, we were left to our own devices. Oh, I was. I was the oldest of two. And he had me and my, my younger sibling. And, you know, at the age of eight, you're having to do the housework, you're having to do the work of your mother. But that was, you know, handed down through the generations, generational curses. You know, always the sense of not being good enough, unworthy, hurt, and I was angry. I was one angry woman. I didn't start out as an angry woman. I started out as an angry girl. Why? Because I'd get left home to, to our own devices while mum's down at the housey playing bingo. Woo. They didn't have pokey machines back in the days. So they just had bingo or cards. You know, you go from house to house for a whole week. My nana's house was the top house. They'd always play cards for money. They're casting lots just like Lot's wife. And then the other one that I had in my bag, so this bag started to slowly come off. And I looked at my husband the night before we come to Hamilton. We're lying in bed and we're talking and, you know, we, we haven't, like, we talked, but there was, like, I always detached myself because I was too afraid to be vulnerable before him. I didn't trust him. You know, I trusted the, this man with my life, all my life. Being a mind, you know, we've been together since I was 13 years old. He was 15. I told him I was 16. <laughs> my mind, I was 16. So I turned to him in, in the bed that night. And I said, you know, why did you ask me that question the other day? We were talking about my childhood and, and how I'd get sent up to my, my nana 
way up in the far north. He said, I, you know, at the time I despised it, but then I embraced it. Because my nana was a praying woman. She was a very God-fearing woman. You know, we weren't brought up in a religious home, so I'm not talking religion. She was the religious woman in our lives for that time, for the generations to come. And I'm still holding on to this bag. So I turned to my husband that night in the bed and I told him everything that I'm telling you now. And I says, I don't know how long I can hold on anymore. It's weighing me down. It's stopping me from the call of God in my life. I know I have a call of God in my life. You do too, and you do, and you do. But if I don't let go of this bag, it's just going to weigh me down. It's going to grind me down. It's going to break me. And I know, trust me, people, I know what it is to be broken. But it says, you know what? That's what I desire. Is a broken and contrite spirit before me. And when you surrender your bag, even with all your goodies in it, Hirana, I will come in. I will strengthen you. And the other meaning to, to Ezra is strength and power. Strength and power, woman. Do you understand the strength and power that you have available to you if you let go of that bag? And I let go. I let go in that room that night. And you know what? You know, the relief that I felt, the peace that I felt, the love that I felt, the forgiveness that I felt. And I'm like, I've just wasted 10 years of my life because I was just like Lot's wife. If I continue to look back and let those voices tell me that I'm not good enough, that I'm not worthy enough, I've been deceived. 10 years, woman. So I don't know who of you in this crowd today, you, know, you may not even be a woman. You know, not only do bags represent bags, there's also people in here with masks on. You know, wearing these different garments, wearing a garment of false humility. No, but Jesus is here today to tell you that his peace, that his love, that his forgiveness is here for you right now, today. Let it go. Not like Frozen, let it go, let it go. (laughs) So I just want to take this opportunity to ask you all to raise to your feet. Raise to your feet, people.
Put your hand on the person next to you, on the shoulder of the person next to you. And with all eyes closed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you are the creator of heaven and earth, that you are the Alpha and the Omega. Father, I thank you that there is peace available, that there is love available, and that there is forgiveness available today, right now. And so, Lord, that mother that has been waiting, waiting for just a loaf of bread on the table, that grandmother that is raising their grandchildren because of circumstance, because of stuff, that father that works so hard to provide for his children, for his family. Father, bless them in the name of Jesus. Let your, be, your provision be available for this family, for this time. And Father, for that teenager, that teenager that struggles with the fact that their parents are bipolar from now, now and then, that they don't understand them, Father, bring understanding between the teenager and their parents. And every word that has been spoken against you in judgment, Lord, we condemn. Lord, we bring down the powers of those words that have been spoken into our children and into the generations to come. Let every generational curse fall to the ground. Lord, we thank you for this family and for the person that has been sitting in limbo for way too long and not making the decision to step over the line and to say yes to you, Lord. Give them strength, give them courage and power from above, Lord. To follow you wholeheartedly, Lord. And I ask these things in your precious name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Fano.